Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Dion Gordon Podcast. I'm your host, the connoisseur of common sense, the purveyor of authenticity, the man who calls it right down the middle, Dion Tyree Gordon, enough of the bullshit, let's get to work. So, this past Wednesday, January the 21st, 2021, saw the inauguration of our 46th president, Joseph Robinette Biden. Much of the chagrin of Donald J. Trump and all of his loyal sycophants with all the uh, lawsuits and court rulings and votes being recounted and counted again in different states and different districts and counties. Despite all of Donald Trump's ridiculous shenanigans, it has come to pass. The Trump era, Trump error, however, however you want to look at it, is now officially over. So Biden is your 46th president. Donald Trump left peacefully, uh, to the surprise of many, myself included. I, for the longest time, thought he would have to be dragged out the White House kicking and screaming. But he just left. He just got on... On the uh, helicopter on Marine One with uh, Melania, and they just took off and went down to Mar-a-Lago in the morning of. Trump did not attend the inauguration, uh, which, of course, goes against tradition and everything. But Trump never really cared about tradition in the first place. So I don't think he's sweating it. Uh, people on the mainstream news media made a big fuss about it. But like I said, Trump never gave a fuck about this shit. And this four years in the game, four years of Trump being president, people should know, especially the mainstream media, that he doesn't give a fuck about traditional norms and past times and things of that nature. Nothing he's done or said over the past four years shows you that he cares about the tradition of being president and what all that entails. So why would people expect him to exhibit quote-unquote presidential behavior on his day out? That's more the media being ridiculous and insufferable, which has been par for the course of the past four years. So why why would they stop on his last day? Uh, and it only got worse from there. I, you know, People ask me uh, the day of and the day after, did you watch the inauguration? And I told people I watched 10 minutes of it, and that was about all I could stomach. I just couldn't take it anymore. The level of ass-kissing and brown-nosing and boot-licking from all the anchors um, on CNN. I was watching CNN for the inauguration, and just the level of, like I said, ass-kissing, brown-nosing, boot-licking, the pomp and circumstance, the pageantry, the grandiose nature of everything, the -the over-the-top ridiculousness of it, the glorification of war criminals like George Bush, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. The token symbolism, the platitudes, the virtue signaling, you know, just the fraudulent phoniness of it. it, Seeing all these different members of the establishment coming out and just celebrating, taking their victory lap for the orchestration of Joe Biden even winning the Democratic primary in the first place. The stealing of the Democratic nomination from Bernard Sanders. You know, I see Clyburn coming out and I saw, you know, the Obamas and, of course, Biden was there and Kamala Harris being Kamala Harris and... You know, Pelosi and everyone and just seeing it was just too much for me. I saw all this shit. and I was like, I'm, I'm done. I watched 10 minutes of it just to give it a look. I was I was excited about watching it. I was not, not excited. I was interested in watching it initially because it is history to see a president get sworn in. Uh, it only happens every four or eight years. So it doesn't happen every day. It is part of American history to see to be able to say you witnessed it and watched it in some capacity. Um, they had a limited amount of people there, obviously, because of the pandemic. It wasn't like a typical inauguration. Uh, still had more people than Trump had, though, for his. I just couldn't stomach it. I couldn't take it. I couldn't. I'm watching all these mediocre, substandard, milk-toast, racist, phony, fraudulent representatives of big pharma, Wall Street greed, imperialism, militarism, and incrementalism, people who have destroyed the country for the past 30 years, all taking their victory lap, all celebrating, and 
And that was reflective of so many people around the world who were watching this who legitimately think, they really believe that racism and bigotry and hatred and vitriol and white supremacy and white nationalists and everything else are going to be silenced and come to an end. Police brutality, systemic racism, all that in a lot of people's minds ended on January 21st, 2001. And it makes me sick to my stomach for people to believe that Trump was the only flag bearer of everything that's wrong in America. Trump was just a symptom. As Barack Obama himself once said, Trump is just a symptom. The disease is still there. For so many people that like everything that was wrong with America the last four years has magically came to a stop on January 21st is mind-boggling to me. It's borderline disrespectful. You know, I'm a black man in America. I got to wear this shit every day. You got white people out here who think just because Trump is gone, everything is cool. And that's just, it's a slap in the face to me. That's how I receive it. You really think all this shit ends just because Trump is leaving? You really think everything is okay now? People are still suffering. 400,000 people still died from COVID. People are still impoverished. People are still going through drug addiction. People are still being exploited and marginalized in some capacity. But yet, right there on my TV screen was all these representatives of the oligarchy and the establishment just taking their, taking their bow in front of the entire world. This is our day. This is our moment. Trump is gone. Rejoice. Oh, happy day. Bask in the glory of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who are here to say today to the rescue, riding in on a white horse to put it into any and all your problems. So we all can go back to brunch now. We don't need to worry about anything. We can all go back to brunch. Mimosas and French toast on me. Bottomless mimosas. Drink up. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are president. All your problems now cease to exist. Return to normalcy. We don't need any progressive and radical change. All we got to do is return to 2013, to return to normalcy, back in the good old days, where you're the same level of fascism, just with a lot more decorum, where the president of the United States led the league in drone strikes, but at least he wasn't an asshole on Twitter. We can go back to the good old days of 2004, where our president started not one, but two unnecessary, ridiculous wars that claimed the lives of millions of people, both innocent men, women, and children in Iraq and Afghanistan, as well as American servicemen and women in uniform. You know, Bush might have done all that, but at least he respected the office of being president. And that's what matters most, right? As long as you respect the office of being president. I mean, Bush might have had a slow response to black people in Louisiana who were devastated and destroyed by a deadly hurricane that wiped out their community. But at least Bush made sure that uh, collegiate football teams that won their championship and visited the White House had good, healthy, nutritious food to eat instead of getting McDonald's hamburgers. Cold McDonald's hamburgers at that. You know, old Bill Jeff Clinton might have signed the crime bill in 94 that Joe Biden wrote, which led to mass incarceration of, of black men predominantly, as well as the Re Welfare Reform Act of the 90s that over time grew to be detrimental to, to black people, in particular single black mothers. Bill Clinton might have done all that, but at least he can play the saxophone and he can read from a teleprompter, something that Donald Trump can never do, or at least not do, at least not be good at doing. He couldn't look authentic while doing The other guys looked good reading from a teleprompter. They knew how to fake it. Trump was never good at that. But my overall point is just how ridiculous it was for me to sit back and watch the media celebrate three war criminals, three people who were detrimental and antithetical, four people, if you include Biden, four people who were detrimental and antithetical to the black existence for the past 30 years or so. To put them on a pedestal and celebrate them was just nauseating to me. It was like, are you fucking serious with this? All the crimes against humanity these people have committed all the people they've literally killed directly or indirectly, and y'all want to put them up on a pedestal and celebrate them? Why? Because they're not Donald Trump? 
Donald Trump was that much of a piece of shit that he makes George Bush, Bill, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama look decent. Three people who should not be put on any pedestal, who should not be looked up to in any sort of way. With all the transgressions they have, with all the drone strikes, with all the unnecessary wars, with the crime bill, with the Welfare Reform Act, Obama being a tool of Wall Street greed and bailing out Wall Street before he bailed out black people, with Bush's slow response to Hurricane Katrina, you can go down the list, so on and so forth. All the transgressions all three of these previous modern presidents had, as inept and worthless as Bush was, as conniving and deceiving as Clinton and Obama were, as phony and fraudulent as all of them were, they should not be put up on any pedestal. There should be no celebration for these three. There should be no normalizing of George Bush. I hear so many people say that Trump was so bad he makes Bush look good. Look good. Nothing can make George Bush look good. Nothing can make a war criminal with that much blood on his hands look good. That shit makes my ears bleed. I cannot stomach that shit. When people try to celebrate and glorify and normalize and romanticize George W. Bush as if he was some great president. He was the worst. He was one of the worst presidents of all time. Have we forgotten that already? As terrible and, and garbage as Trump was. I mean, Trump really set the bar low. All these guys set the bar lower and lower and lower, where there's the overall dishonesty and this unconscionable behavior. But as low as Trump set the bar, Bush set the bar pretty low in his own right. Trump did a lot of fucked up shit. Trump was far from perfect. Trump was horrible. You know, in no way, shape, or form am I trying to defend Donald Trump. I've always said, as emphatically as possible, that Donald Trump is the gatekeeper of white supremacy and the living embodiment of white privilege. Nothing personifies white mediocrity more than Donald J. Trump. I'm in no way, shape, or form defending Donald Trump. I'm far from a Trump supporter. I'm just saying don't romanticize past presidents just because they're not Donald Trump. And don't try to sell me on this bullshit that Joe Biden is going to be this progressive leader, the, the modern-day FDR, because he's replacing Donald Trump, that everything that was wrong with this country has now come to an end because Donald Trump is gone. Honestly, I don't even have that much of a problem with Trump because Trump, I actually appreciate Trump. I wish more white people were like Donald Trump. I wish more white people would just explicitly say how you feel. If you don't like black people, would just say so. He told you that again and again and again. He's been telling you that since the 70s, back when he was in real estate and he wouldn't even rent property out to black people. He's made it known he don't like black people. With the, the article he wrote in the New York Post about the Central Park Five with the housing discrimination lawsuits, with the birtherism claims against Barack Obama, with the labeling of, of African countries as shithole countries. We're calling black football players who are taking a knee during the anthem sons of bitches, saying get those sons of bitches off the field. In no way, shape, or form would I ever defend Donald Trump. But once again, don't try to tell me that George Bush was a good guy just because he's not Donald Trump. That is bullshit, and that is irresponsible journalism. For people to sit on CNN and MSNBC and try to talk about George Bush like he's some cute, cuddly teddy bear. It was absolutely disgraceful to me. I wanted to throw up watching that shit. Once again, I appreciate white people like Trump. Let it be known. Wear it on your sleeve. I don't care. This shit don't affect or bother me at all. You know, for me personally, I've done my own independent data and research over 35 years of life, and I've come to the conclusion that about 92% of white people are racist as shit or have racist thoughts and racist tendencies. That's just what it is. The overwhelming majority of y'all right or wrong, have at least racist thoughts. You might not be directly racist like Donald Trump was, but you're indirectly racist. You will do or say something that is fucked up or detrimental to black people and black people's causes, black and brown people in general. 
whether you intend to do it or not. Donald Trump was just direct about it. And that's what I prefer you to be. If you know you don't like black people, just say so. But don't, don't try to deceive me. Don't live under some, some type of facade that you're some outgoing, progressive, tolerant, accepting white person who's all about black people. Don't put that square on your Instagram page on June 2nd. Don't wear that Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Don't, don't call yourself an ally when you know you're not. Be like Donald Trump. Just be upfront about it. If you know you don't like black people, just say so. I don't care. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It doesn't bother me. All you're doing is confirming my suspicions. So everything that Trump said or did over the past four years, it was whatever to me. I'm like, well, that's just an old white man being an old white man. You know, I've been black for 35 years. I know what racism looks like. I've seen plenty of it. I've experienced plenty of it. I've been on the, on the wrong end of it more than enough times. I know, what it, I know what it looks like. I know what it sounds like. All these motherfuckers are racist to me. I have no hope in any of them, except for one guy, and I'll get to him later. But, you know, back to the inauguration, you got the celebration of war criminals. You have the swearing in of this mediocre, milquetoast, neoliberal disaster in Joe Biden as the 46th president. You have the pomp and the circumstance. You have Lady Gaga performing and Jennifer Lopez, and everyone's got their designer suits and dresses on. And, you know, once again, I'm ready to throw up. I'm ready to puke and vomit on my way to work. And then in the middle, in the midst of all this, there's an old white man, about 78 years of age, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Senator for the great people of Vermont. My guy, Bernie Sanders, Bernard Sanders, stole the show wearing a pair of mittens that were donated to him from an elementary school teacher, that brown parka that he always wears whenever he's cold, carrying an envelope and sitting cross-legged with his arms folded as if to say, I don't want to be here, but I got to be here. And I identif- that, that resonated with me on so many levels because far too often in my life, I've had to go places I didn't really want to go to, but I had to be there. So I had to put up some type of face just to be there, just to show up, just for whatever reason. So that, I identify with that on that level. And just the way he was dressed, like I'm a minimalist in the way I dress. I wear a t-shirt and joggers every day and a hoodie whenever it's cold. I live in the Bay. It's cold every day. You know, out here in the Bay, you got to wear a hoodie all year long. It's like it's never hot out here, except for the first two weeks of September and some random times during June. Other than that, it's never that hot. So you always got to carry a hoodie out there. I'm a minimalist. That's how I dress on a regular basis. As long as my shoes are clean, I don't care. As long as I got a nice pair of J's on, I wear sweatpants all year long. But I'm looking at Bernie in the middle of all this decadence and pageantry and, and celebration of wealth and excess and oligarchy and establishment preening and posturing. Bernie wearing his Parker and his mittens. And I'm like, that's me on so many levels. Not just because I'm a Bernie supporter. But I just looked at the way he was dressed and it's become a worldwide meme. It went viral. It's been all over the place. People have photoshopped Bernie giving a UFC fighter an arm bar. Photoshopped Bernie on a roller coaster. Photoshopped Bernie uh, putting Shawn Michaels in the sharpshooter. Uh, as a wrestling fan and a Bret Hart fan, I appreciate that one. Uh, Bernie playing basketball, seeing Where's Waldo with the Bernie meme in it, uh, just so on and so forth. A lot of people having fun with it. It's been it's been cool to watch and funny to see. I've been sharing a bunch of the memes myself. But I looked at Bernie and I was like, that's me. That's who I identify with. While everyone else was waving the pom-poms from Michelle Obama, Kamala Harris because the way they were dressed. While everyone else was reveling in the the coronation of the new do-nothing Democrat who won't achieve anything in the next four years of substance. I looked at the 78-year-old white man, Jewish man from Brooklyn, New York, 
dressed as minimally as possible, with the same parker that he wears all the time, with the donated mittens, with his legs crossed, holding an envelope. And I said, that's me. That's who I am. And there's my guy. And that was the other part of the inauguration that made me sick. Because I'm looking at this whole thing, I'm thinking to myself, this should have been Bernie Sanders. This should have been the inauguration of Bernie Sanders, not Joe Biden. You know, if it wasn't for Jim Clyburn doing what he did, if it wasn't for Barry making phone calls and getting people like Booty Judge and Klobuchar to drop out the race and getting Liz Warren to stay in the race to take away progressive votes from Bernie Sanders, this would have been Bernie Sanders' day. But instead of being sworn in as the 46th president of the United States, Bernie Sanders would have to settle for the consolation prize of being a viral meme that is flooding the Facebook timeline of everyone in the United States of America. So we couldn't have a progressive, forward-thinking president who actually gave a fuck about people, but at least we got a funny meme out of it. That some that about sums it all up. That's America in 2021. You know, we can't get Medicare for all. We can't get a Green New Deal. We can't get a $15 minimum wage. But at least we can get Bernie Sanders wearing mittens and being photoshopped into all types of hilarious circumstances. One last thing about Bernie's mittens, Bernie being the cool, awesome guy that he is, has decided to take the infamous picture of him wearing his mittens uh, and make it a t-shirt and make merchandise out of it and sell the merchandise and the proceeds from that merchandise will go to uh, Vermont Meals on Wheels. So he's taking the proceeds from everyone buying the, the shirt with the picture of him wearing his mittens and donating it to Meals on Wheels in Vermont, all the proceeds going to that great charity. So like I said, this is one more example of Bernie being awesome, taking a, a funny moment, a good viral meme, and being able to turn into a, a charitable endeavor. So salute to Bernie Sanders. He's not president like he should be, but at least he's a Senate budget uh, committee chairman as well as an owner of a nice pair of mittens. So he has that going for him. So salute to Bernie. Keep doing what you do. Keep being awesome. Uh, getting back to this inauguration, uh, Kamala Harris made history. She's the first ever female VP in the history of our country, black, brown woman, born and raised out here in, in the Bay Area, Oakland, Berkeley. I went to school at Howard University. Uh, the owner of a nice pair of Tims and a nice pair of Chucks, that means you can't criticize her. That means she's black. She's one of us, right? Or at least that's what I've been told. Uh, I'm no, also no fan of Kamala Harris. I'm no fan of anybody except Bernie. I'll be honest about it. But uh, Kamala being sworn in as the first ever female VP. Once again, history in the making, but at the same time, I can't just cheer for somebody just because they're a minority. I can't just cheer for somebody just because they're a woman doing it for the first time. I got a call, like I see it, Kamala Harris has made a lifetime, made a career out of being antithetical to the black cause, putting a lot of brothers in jail for small drug possession, exploiting prisoners who are already locked up for cheap prison labor, withholding evidence from, from men who are on death row, plagiarizing anecdotes from Martin Luther King and all types of foolish fuckery. But she's the first fe first ever female VP. I guess that means something. But once again, you know, I just come from the mindset of just holding people accountable. You have these fraudulent ass people taking office, these people who are in the pocket of Silicon Valley, Wall Street, um, the military industrial complex, big banks, big corporations. Hold these people to the fire. Don't, don't just celebrate the small victories. Don't just celebrate the token symbolism, the platitudes, the virtue signaling. That means nothing to me. I saw so many black people to celebrate and Kamala being sworn in as the first ever black woman v VP in American history. Like I said, it looks good on the surface, but dig beneath the surface. It's all I ask people to do. The information's out there. Google is your friend. You can read a book. You can ask someone who knows better. Not all skin folk is kin folk. Who does she pull up to the inauguration with? What did he look like? That's all I'll say. You know, I'm all for black people, especially black women, 
rising in prominence as long as those, as long as those black people are virtuous and loyal to their people. But if those people have a track record, have a detailed history of being antithetical and detrimental to their own people and not being virtuous, then I will show no support for those black people and I will call those black people out any opportunity I, I see fit. So Kamala Harris and Joe Biden both have a lot to prove, a lot of, of favor to curry with someone like me, with people who are skeptical of both of them based on their own track record, based off of shit they've done. You know, the celebration of people like Kamala and Obama remind me of a quote that I just recently heard from Cornell West. I was watching uh, an episode of Democracy Now! The great Dr. Cornell West, professor emeritus at Harvard University, was a, a guest on the show. And he had a quote that just resonated with me on so many levels. He said uh, the following, There's a rot in the system, and the rot is corporate greed and Pentagon militarism, and no matter how many people of color you sprinkle around, even in high places, if they can't reshift that trajectory of the empire, then you end up with a deep disappointment. And I think that quote sums up the Obama years, all eight of them. I think that quote talks about people like Kamala Harris. You have black people who have risen in prominence and they've ascended up the ranks, but instead of catering to the poor and middle-class working people, they cater more to big militarism and the corporate greed. You saw that with Obama throughout his eight years. As I said earlier, he did more to bail out Wall Street than he did to bail out black people impoverished in the ghetto. Kamala Harris is born and raised in the California Bay Area. She is deep in the hip pocket of Silicon Valley. So on one hand, you have black people in high-profile positions. But on the other hand, you have to question the authenticity and the integrity of these black people in these high-profile positions based off their own track record, based off things they've done and things they've said. Where are the receipts at? What have you done for the poor and middle-class working people? The reason I say all these things is because all of the token symbolism and platitudes and virtue signaling and just because you can put out a black person out there as a face and say, I got a black VP, so that means I'm doing things for black people instead of actually doing things for black people. The reason I call this shit out is because you already had eight years of this with Obama. So Biden naturally, as Obama's VP, is, is just going to go back to the same ideals, same principles, same policy of Barack Obama. And it's that same ideals, same principles, same policy that led to Donald Trump. It's that same empty virtue signaling with nothing actually getting done that led to Donald Trump. It's the same empty promises and false hope being sold that led to this neo-fascist terrorist who became the worst president of all time. You tell people that you're for the people, that you represent them, but then as time goes on, people see that you, instead of representing the people, you represent the oligarchy, you represent the elites, the establishment. You do things for them. You make sure they get their cut of the money. But the people at the bottom just remain poor and broken, struggling and suffering, all while hearing empty promises from you, all while seeing token symbolism from you. You can have a black woman VP, but the average black woman is still struggling in this country. You know, it's one thing to have representation, but if that representation doesn't represent you, is it really representation? Far too often we've had black and brown people ascend to that highest level and forget where they came from. As the great Dr. West said, if you can't reshift the trajectory of that establishment and you instead become a part of that establishment, then you end up being a great disappointment. Barack Obama was a great disappointment. Kamala Harris, for the most part, has been a great disappointment. And I don't have much confidence that she's all of a sudden going to turn the corner and reverse course and be beneficial, not just to her own people, but to middle class and working people of all ethnicities and backgrounds all across the country. You know, the working class people need a hero. They need a champion. They need people to do something for them. The people who've been elected to office to govern and make our lives better need to start doing their fucking jobs. Everyone else can celebrate this new regime coming into office just because it's not Donald Trump. But me personally, I'm going to be skeptical. 
I'm going to be watching very closely, very intently to see what, these, what, what this administration does because I know what their track record is. I know what they've done before. And I know how, once again, detrimental and antithetical to black people has been, both Joe and Kamala. So I don't have much confidence that all of a sudden now they're going to turn it around and be beneficial to poor and working class people and be an asset to black people and the black cause. You know, the administration's already off to a bad start with me because they've already got caught lying. They've already been deceitful. Joe Biden told people as, early, as recent as the first week in January, told the people of Georgia that if they voted for Warnock and Ossoff, we would get $2,000 stimulus checks. But what he really meant was that you already got your 600 from the last stimulus check that they didn't want to pass, that Bernie Sanders and Josh Halley had to advocate for and keep the Senate uh, in the Senate through recess, through the holiday breaks and everything. What you really meant was we're going to give you $1,400 to go along with that $600, and that'll equal $2,000, even though Joe Biden campaigned in Georgia and said into a microphone in front of cameras that people w would receive a $2,000 stimulus check. That would be one of the first things done when he took office. And in reality, it's going to be $1,400 and it won't even go out until late February or mid-March at the earliest. So while people remain broke and hungry and suffering and starving, Joe Biden will be hard at work at immigration. On his first day in office, Biden signed six executive orders and issued several more directives related to immigration and border security and also proposed an immigration bill that would give the estimated 11 million undocumented immigrants living in the United States the opportunity to gain citizenship in eight years, in eight years shorter than the 13-year pathway in previous bills introduced through Congress. Biden also issued a federal mandate that you must wear a mask whenever on federal property. Things like that, are, they're important. Now, I agree people should wear a mask wherever they, wherever they go in order to combat this virus. As far as immigration goes, this is stolen land that we're on anyway, so I don't give a fuck who's here and who's not here. We're all immigrants. So whoever comes here, comes here. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. It is what it is. And like I said, this is stolen land. To me, immigration is not the biggest concern. To me, wearing a mask is not the biggest concern. Getting money and resources and help to people who desperately need it is the biggest area of concern. And to me, it's so easy. It's, it's a slam dunk. It's a layup. Biden's coming in with unprecedented goodwill and such a positive approval rating. Everyone hates Trump so much they love Biden by default. That's how he won the election in the first place. If you were just come in and done what you said you were going to do on the campaign trail, the first thing you should have done is get $2,000 stimulus checks to everybody in the United States Biden got us back into the Paris Climate Accord. Once again, it's a big deal. I believe very much in prote protecting the environment, but it's not as big of a deal as people having food to eat. Democrats have the control of the House and the Senate, so they have no more excuses. Mitch McConnell is now the minority leader. Chuck Schumer is the majority leader. There's no more excuses for Democrats not to get anything done. What I, what I fear, what I also project is that Democrats are going to come in with all this goodwill, all this momentum, and squander it as they've done in the past. When Clinton took office in 92, they lost the House. They had majority rule over the House and the Senate, and then they lost it in 94. Obama repeated that same mistake in 2010. I very much see Joe Biden repeating that same mistake in 2022. They're going to come in with all this momentum and all this goodwill, and they're going to squander it and fumble it and blow the lead and give it right back to the Republicans. Democrats have all the power and no more excuses. If they don't get anything done in the next four years, it's because the corporate masters didn't want them to get anything done.
Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, even my guy Bernie Sanders. I'm not, a, I'm not above calling out people I like. Bernie is now the Senate Budget Committee chairman. He needs to use that power to get some of the policies that he's run on enacted and put into power. The squad, AOC, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, Oyan Omar, Cory Bush, Jamal Bowman. You know, there's a lot of progressives in position of power and prominence now in the DNC. They need to use that power to call out members of their own party the same way they call out members of the GOP, call out some of the bad apples in the Democratic Party. Stand up for yourselves and stand up for the progressive movement. Exercise that power that you've been given. You've been elected into this position by progressives who believed in you and trusted you to represent them and echo their sentiments and carry out the policies that they care for and fight for the policies that they want to see enacted. You need to actually start doing that. Because so far, you dropped the ball. We all saw what happened with the force to vote scandal. It didn't happen. They voted for Pelosi. They rolled over and played dead. They voted for Nancy Pelosi when they easily could have withheld their votes and forced a vote on the Senate floor for Medicare for All so we can see who's in favor and who's against Medicare for All in the middle of a global pandemic that's killed over 400,000 people. They rolled over and played dead in that situation. They need to stop doing that shit. The reason why I'm so skeptical of all these politicians is because I just want to see them being held accountable. I want to see them do the job they were elected to do by their constituents. Represent the people, don't represent the oligarchs. Represent the people, don't represent the establishment. Represent the people, don't represent the status quo. Because the status quo is getting people killed on a daily basis. The upholding of capitalism is getting people killed on a daily basis. The status quo has gotten us, the status quo got us Donald Trump. Unless you want another Donald Trump in 2024, I say we disregard and abandon the status quo and start enacting actual, real, progressive, tangible change that will affect the lives of everyday, regular people on an everyday, regular basis. We're in the midst of a pandemic and an economic depression, are facing impending housing crisis and climate catastrophes, and are still fighting endless wars we have no business fighting. Going back to brunch or celebrating Kamala Harris's Timberland boots or Converse's or celebrating Joe Biden having a black female VP in the first place is not going to solve any of these problems. I was told for months and months all 2020, vote blue no matter who. I resisted. I did not vote for Joe Biden. I voted for Dr. Cornell West. But now he's been, Joe Biden won, he's been elected, he's been inaugurated, sworn in, he's here. I need to see the job being done, I need to see results, I need to see receipts. I will be excited about Joe Biden being president and celebrate he and Kamala's tenure in the White House when I see them enact Medicare for All, a decent living wage, a Green New Deal and start getting out of fossil fuels, enact UBI, universal basic income, enact universal college tuition, end the wars, end the drug war, legalize cannabis and free all nonviolent offenders, abolish ICE and free everyone in their, de in their detention centers, abolish trade deals and stop shipping jobs overseas, rebuild our crumbling infrastructure, expunge dark money from politics, and get rid of the middlemen who make a fortune bleeding everyone else dry. Now, do I have any confidence whatsoever that any of that will happen? Absolutely not. Once again, when I look at the track record of both parties, both, got, both people involved, Kamala and Joe, I have no confidence anything that I want will be represented or will actually come into action. So, for the next four years, while everyone else is out at brunch, I will metaphorically be like my man Bernie Sanders. I'll be socially distant from everyone. I'll be sitting far away, off in the corner to myself, with my arms folded, mittens on, joggers, hoodie, pair of Jordans, chilling, minding my own business while everyone else is decked out in the nicest clothes they can afford. And I'll just be doing my thing off on the side, watching intently, staring disapprovingly 
thinking to myself, we all deserve better than this. Is this really the best we can do? The best thing you can do is to continue listening to the Dion Gordon podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you want to listen to podcasts at. I'll keep working as long as you keep listening. Until next time, this is Dion Tyree Gordon representing the Dion Gordon podcast. Picture me rolling. I'm out.